Welcome to the Mount Hammer Podcast, episode one, two, one, two, four, 124. That's a lot. That's quite a lot, isn't it? That's like well over, if my maths is not totally borked, that's like well over two years we've been doing this iteration of the podcast now. It's pretty good. Yeah, definitely. Wow. Never really thought about that. 124 of these mighty podcasts, and we still massively appreciate you all joining us. Uh, I am Mel, by the way, and I'm joined by Elle. Hello, Elle. Hey. Hi. I'm also joined by Jonathan. How are you, Jonathan? I'm very good. Yeah. Thank you. Back. Jonathan's looking resplendent with his uh, Zoom background modded to an HR Geiger painting. It looks of course very on brand. Uh, loads to talk about this week. It, most importantly, right now though, we're going to talk about the brand new issue of Melhammer, which is out as we speak in shops across the UK. Available to order online from tinyurl.com/slash/byhammer. Uh, I won't lie to you guys, this issue was something of a Herculean task for us, and I'm sure you'll know why when you see it on the shelves. We gathered a ton, an absolute shit ton of the biggest and best and most vital names in metal and rock today to talk to them about all the burning issues that we still need to address as the music world slowly but surely begins to come out of lockdown. Um, I know we're not exactly out of lockdown now. I hope you're all staying safe out there, still wearing your masks, still socially distancing and all the rest of it. But there are a lot of signs that the music industry is starting to move forward again. A lot of exciting albums coming up. And so we thought we'd take a moment to pause and reflect on many of the things that are still uh, affecting the music industry and what we need to talk about within that. Uh, And so with that in mind, we've got five Five cover stars on this month's issue. It's a huge one. We've got Rob Flynn from Machine Head. We've got Lizzie Hale from Hellstorm. We've got Jason Allen Butler from Fever 333 making his Metal Hammer cover debut. Uh, we've got Christina Scabia from Lacuna Coil. And we've got Jamie Morgan from Code Orange. Uh, it's quite a motley crew, isn't it, that we've got on the cover this month, though? Yeah, loads and loads of names. And we talk about loads of important issues about what's going on the, with the music industry, how bands are adapting to this new landscape, Black Lives Matter movement. We've also just got a load of really random fun stuff in there as well. I kind of just got, not that I'm on a leash, but I kind of got let off my leash that I wasn't on and just went off. Thanks thanks for clarifying. (laughs) (laughs) I just went off and did some really weird things. So if you like Mastodon and Clowns, there's a good feature in there for you. Oh my word. The strangest feature we might have ever run, but a fucking brilliant feature as well. Elle basically did an interview with Bran from Mastodon about his love of clowns, which um, we have done in the magazine before. Uh, but it turned out he'd been, he's been paint no, he's been sketching a clown a day whilst in lockdown, hasn't he? And the actual yeah. kind of wider story around that actually ended up being something quite interesting, didn't it? Yeah, he had a lot to say about um, sort of his uh, journey into the art world and how it was picking up something he hadn't done since it was a kid and how doing a clown a day actually helped him through lockdown and how a lot of his friends in bands were in on it as well and he was kind of sending around a clown a day to them and then elsewhere there's even more crazy stuff like tiny miniature models of food made by love bites and a recipe for mongolian dumplings from the who and a coloring in sheet from in flames (laughs) yeah it is it is it is mad. It's such a big issue. It basically, this thing takes, basically takes up the whole issue. We've gathered as many names as we could. And some of them we've talked about like big things that have been affecting them personally. For instance, I talked to Lizzie Hell from Hailstorm uh, about her mental health uh, issues that she's talked about in the past. And also the kind of ongoing mental health issues that are affecting the rock scene in general. Uh, she started off a really cool new show to kind of shed some light on that. So we talked about that. Um, we've got Jamie and Reba from Code Orange talking about all the amazing live streaming stuff they've been doing, the way they've been pretty much revolutionizing the way we think about how we process and create content in the industry. Um, Lacuna, uh, Christina from Lacuna Coil was talking about what it was like being at the actual center of the COVID-19 epidemic. Lacuna Coil were pretty much the first uh, metal band to kind of go into lockdown. Uh, so that was a really great chat that Elle did. Um, and yeah, there's loads of other stuff as well. So as well as all that, as Elle said, we've also just talked about all these bands, about all the mad stuff they've been doing while they've been in lockdown from dumplings to making weird little models to satanic rituals, shout out Twin Temple, uh, to all sorts of mad shit. So yeah, it is a huge feature that pretty much takes up the whole issue. It will give you a ton 
our uh, fun reading time over the next month or so. Uh, so if you like the sound of that, and we certainly hope you do, go over to your uh, nearest shop that is stocking it um, while you're out, or you can pick it up online to get it delivered directly to your door from tinyurl.com slash buy hammer. Uh, we're very proud of this issue and as I always say we're very appreciative and thankful for all you guys that continue to support us through what has been a pretty fucking mental time for magazines let's be honest um, so we very much appreciate you guys supporting us through all this and uh, we're going to carry on delivering you the goods I can promise you that uh, right speaking of the goods loads of good stuff happening in metal this week lots and lots of stuff as I said earlier that seems like metal's kind of moving forwards again we're getting more and more new music on the way more things happening all over the place it's time to get excited everybody uh, one of which is Corey Taylor's debut album is finally coming it seems mad to me that Corey Taylor has never done a debut album before I keep having to kind of double take every time I see this yeah it seems like he's just kind of messed about with fun things really which is fine you know he's done a load of different books he's done his solo shows where he's done stuff from sown sour and answered people's questions and has generally just been a figurehead away from slipknot so you kind of just think he must have already done this but he totally hasn't it's very weird yeah it's interesting uh he's been he's been gassing up uh his debut album in the news this week he told not fest that the album is quote everything i wanted it to be um he said in terms of influences there's some slade in there <laughs> what a first band to drop in there's some slade in there there's some johnny cash there's some Alison chains uh, big choruses fun rock huge solos it's incredible um, and he also said he might release two tracks at once in the coming weeks I'd two like tracks at one time i'd like to hear the journey from slade to Alison chains <laughs> via johnny cash i'd like to know what what the common denominator that um puts all those three influences together Corey taylor yeah yeah like taylor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we will certainly be doing some big things on that album as the uh as the weeks progress so keep an eye on hammer.com for more news on that uh dave mustaine's releasing another book i don't know if you guys uh, either of you guys have read the uh, life in metal book that he put out a good few years ago sadly no I have. It is exactly as no holds barred and explosive as you would expect from Dave Mustaine. And uh, his next book is going to be talking all about Rust in Peace, uh, titled The Inside Story of the Megadeth Masterpiece. Uh, one of the single greatest metal albums of all time, but an album that was fraught with tensions and chaos and all sorts, as often the best art is. Uh, so that should be a good read as well, I reckon. Yeah, he was one of my favourite people on um, Decline of the Western Civilization Part 2. Uh, just yeah just so no fucks to give and um so straightforward it was great i love the, the story about the hair buds yeah i don't know the story about the hair buds like you get high by basically putting a putting a cigarette on your own hair and then smoking it uh... i mean who wouldn't do that no um... i'm not i'm in no position to try that so i'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna <laughs> thankfully i had to take him at his word <laughs> And uh, speaking of rock stars that have done many mad things over the years, Kiss have done, uh, they've rescheduled their final European dates. Um, yes, believe it or not, we still haven't had Kiss's last ever shows yet. Uh, they are playing their final European tour, uh, tour across Europe in June and July next year. Looks to me like there might be space for something download shaped in those dates they've released so far. So we'll see. Um, I don't actually know that, by the way, but... Uh, you know, that's just me speculating. Would so, wouldn't you, considering it was going to happen and now everything's been delayed, you think it would be the logical choice? Yeah, so it looks looks uh, looks very interesting anyway, the way they've uh, they were, they've shaped those dates. But if you're looking for a little European jolly to go see Kiss, uh, head over to the Melhammer site now and you can see that full list of dates. Uh, and in more good news, apparently Ozzy is working on another new album already. Uh, even though Ordinary Man only came out earlier this year. And I was thinking about this. My God, that seems like a long time ago. Yeah. That was the album came out. It literally seems like 10 years ago. But he did even say this, didn't he? Because we were talking about it on an earlier podcast. Soon after he released the record, he said he wanted to do another one. And um, I think we actually had some questions from readers about whether that was a good idea or not. But I mean, if he's on a roll and he wants to work on new music, then like the sooner the better, really. Yeah. Do it while I, I, you can. I genuinely liked Ordinary Man as well. I kind of found myself going back to it this week after this news came out because I realised I hadn't actually gone back to it a whole lot. But that's honestly just because it is becoming an increasingly incredible year for music. Um, but 
uh, yeah, I genuinely really, really, really liked that last Aussie album. Aussie album. I thought it was really strong, um, kind of quite emotional in parts, which isn't something I've always thought of his, his modern material. Um, but yeah, it's really good. Um, Sharon Osbourne told uh, Steve-O's Wild Ride, and yes, it is that Steve-O, uh, that he's starting his second album with Andrew Watt right now, and you can't stop him. He's doing it. Uh, so yeah, all good stuff. And given that um, you know Ozzy was having to cancel tours left, right, and centre and stuff, it's good to see that he's still feeling creatively on it and motivated to to do the business. Aren't the Osborns doing some kind of supernatural TV show as well? Is that in the works? Oh God, probably some show about ghosts or something. <laughs> I don't know. I've not googled it recently, but there was definitely something going around about that. Love it. Why not? I'd watch that. I'd watch the shit out of that. Ozzy and ghosts. Those are like two of my favourite things. I'd want a companion album to it. So like a sort of spooky soundtrack. Exactly, yeah. I'd be down with that. Make it happen, someone. It's, it's going to be like half Osborne's, half the Monsters, isn't it? <laughs> oh, that the Monsters great. wasn't supernatural though, was it? That was just well, like... Well, apart from the fact that, that you know, that, that they had a Frankenstein's monster and um, vampires. <laughs> yeah, apart from the fact that the fam- entire <laughs> family of monsters <laughs> are undead monsters. Yeah, or maybe the Adams <laughs> family. Yeah, it was like a real world. It's like, yeah. you know, the Adams Family, that thing obviously couldn't exist in real life, but it's just part of the world where... Yeah, neither can vampires, Al. But, 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 but so is a supernatural part of the world. Like, if everything was supernatural, we wouldn't be talking about it being supernatural, would we? So supernatural always exists in the real world to differentiate it from the real world. Oh, because... Oh, oh the word... Su- <gasps> I've just realised it's supernatural. The word... Is like something that's natural, but then it's supernatural. Jonathan just blew my tiny mind. We, we just went deeper then than I was expecting. Yeah. That's what I'm here for. Why did it take me so many years to realise that the word supernatural is... Well, super means to go beyond. It's like supra. Yeah, but I never it's thought like about it. It's not like it's great. I never like, thought about natural, it. It's great. I don't, I don't it know is, how we move on from this. This is fucking <laughs> crazy. I don't know where to start. Elle's, Elle, didn't, Elle thinks that the monsters is just about... That the monsters is just about a normal family TV drama. <laughs> Jonathan's giving us out here deep philosophical points behind the moon and suit. I can't do this. Let's move on to the album of the week before my brain falls yeah. out the side of my head. Um, this Which is the best word the experience of this album. Yes. Yeah. Yes. This album is fucking hell, man. So uh, uh, this is one of those where I, uh, you know, I sub and, well, not sub, but I, I kind of proofread and, and give a last look at, at everything that goes through the magazine. So I see all the reviews before they go to print. And I remember uh, Joe Daly's brilliant review of this record and thinking, oh, I need to go and check that out. This sounds really, really good because I hadn't actually listened to it. Um, and then I forgot about it completely. And then when we were looking at albums of the week, I nearly was like, oh, there's not a lot that kind of stands out here. Uh, until Jonathan, Jonathan flagged this record by a band called Guerrilla. Uh, so this is a Portuguese black and death metal band. And I was a bit like, all right, well, we'll give it a go and, and make sure we get Jonathan in because he's, he's he kind of, he's already listened to the record as well, so he can talk about it a bit. So I gave this album a proper listen and it is fucking excellent. Like, absolutely fucking brilliant. Um, do you want to share some background on the kind of, on this album and where it's come from and, and who these guys are, Jonathan? Because Yeah, I mean, there's not a lot of background because they are deliberately um, shadowy. Like, they don't, like, they don't even, like, they don't even have like, they don't have names, like not even initials, just nothing. Uh, all that you, in all the promo pictures, um, like their face, they've got these kind of uh, masks on. Well, not their masks, but they're like cover the whole head with like lots of kind of sigils on them. Um, so it kind of draws from a lot of stuff that's been going on the last few years. It's kind of very occult minded um, Death and Black Metal, because like, you know, Death Metal kind of came back into the occult equation over the last few years. Like, um, like a lot of bands, like, um, you know, a lot, a lot of like Death Metal bands were taken on the occult mantle off from Black Metal, but this is still kind of Black Metal based. Um, that's got, it's got a mixture of the two. And um, so it kind of draws from that kind of occult revival that's been happening the last couple of years, but also um, from a different kind of take on black metal that's been coming out. Um, you know, there was a time after, say, Watain's um, Lord of Darkness that everyone was sounding like Watain. And then a, kind of a new bunch of bands came out like Maguire and the Icelandic bands like Miss Thurming um, and Svati Dalby, who had a kind of a different take on black metal, like a bit more muscular, 
and a bit more per, it felt like a bit more emotional heft not that you, i don't find Watain albums emotionally involving but it was just it wasn't just going down the post Watain route it was definitely doing the same thing and this has got that kind of sound to it it's very expansive you can hear bits of um you know parallels with the later Behemoth albums particularly uh, the Satanist but it's got such its own energy and it's really feels like it's trying to push through like push through to the other side in a way it's um yeah it's a really involving expansive record that but that has a lot of gristle to it as well it does yeah it's i mean behemoth for me was the first kind of reference point i immediately picked up on listening to it because their frontman whoever whomever he may be um Really, that's not a hint that I think it's actually like Nurgle in Disguise or something, by the way. They are just a legit random band out of Portugal. But he does really fucking sound like Nurgle. Like he's really got that kind of imperious raw thing going on. Mm. Uh, and yeah, musically, Satanist era behemoth, um, the heavier parts of this album are absolutely like that. But they're just layered with all these really kind of emotionally driven kind of post-black metal things as well like all those bands like walls in the throne and, and alcest and all those kind of bands like i really found uh kind of a spiritual similarity with some of those those passages on here as well but it's all it's all sewn together so flawlessly that even though like most of the songs kind of repeat a similar trick in that they'll either kind of slowly bring you in with this slightly more emotional post black metal-y kind of thing and then just smash you with this kind of heavier death metal vibe um or they'll do it the other way around but each time they do it it always catches you unawares because it just flows in each time so you either kind of drags you in emotionally or just bashes you over the head and makes you feel like your face is getting burnt off uh it's just it's fucking stunning actually like i, I couldn't actually believe how how uh, how much i was really into this album um yeah. what did you think of it l I mean, I haven't really got anything to add, to be honest. Just that I was, like you said, I was really surprised. Um, I've made no secret in the past that I'm basically a basic metal bitch and I like a lot of basic metal. Um, and I do go into like niche areas, but when it comes to more extreme stuff, I do tend to kind of leave that to you, Jonathan. Um, mm. But this record is great. It's There's so many, there's so much melody in it, you know, which is, something that I connect with more than kind of um, head down black metal. And there definitely is that in here, but it's, it is a journey. It's not just um, one tone all the way through. There's so many different tones and there's so many different things to experience. And I was just really pleasantly surprised about how much I enjoyed it. Um, and then, yeah, like you said, looking at the pictures of them and then they've got those kind of hoods with sigils on, it just makes you, even though obviously it's been done, you know, we've had masks and we've had an anonymity, there's still something about the way that they've done it that is really intriguing. It just makes me want to know more about them. Yeah, there's a certain kind of real knife edge, knife edge tension to the record as well. Mm. Uh, you know, the similar, you know, the similar dynamics you hear in Shamash, for instance, where, you know, it's like this feels like this kind of thirst and take yourself to the furthest edges to kind of get there and it seems to exist on that cusp and you know a lot of this a lot of especially on the more sort of occulty end of it you know black and death metal you know it lives or dies by the level of conviction and it's so uh clear and so you know bowls you over on this and it's great that you know a band with no compromise whatsoever can totally you can totally relate to it even if you're not immersed in either the you know the extreme death and black metal scenes that you know it has that real power to communicate which is which is what it seems to really be wanting to do like get this kind of you know reaching for this sense of enlightenment but really physical grasping for it you know i haven't time. got um i haven't got a lyrics corner this week because i haven't gone that in depth <laughs> um, but we should probably just spell out the band name for people who do actually want to find out more because it's a bit confusing. If you want to Google it, it's G-A-E-R-E-A. G-A-E-R-E-A. And the album's called Limbo. Yes, yeah. I, don't, yeah, I don't think I mentioned that. Yeah, so it's Garia Limbo out this Friday on Season and Mist. Honestly, I had not even heard of this band. I think it's their second record, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, second record. Um, I had not even heard of this band before. Uh, the review that ran in the magazine and then I actually listened to it for the first time this week and this is already one of for me one of the very best extreme metal albums I've heard this year I think it's fucking excellent and 
it's one of those albums where it's got those ingredients where you could see them doing even more with it, even more with their sound. So I'm excited about the potential of this band. Uh, so yeah, go check out Guerrilla Limbo. Uh, if you're only going to listen to one thing this week, make it that. Let's take some questions from our wonderful community of readers over at facebook.com slash readers. And uh, I just want to give a quick shout out to everyone as well on that Facebook group because uh, there's a big thread about where the magazine's been at um, in the last uh, couple of months during the whole lockdown thing. And a lot of people had some really nice things to say about it all and we really appreciate that. So thank you very much. You're all awesome and we love you. Uh, Elle, do you want to take the first question? <laughs> yeah, sure. Chris Lloyd asks, what's your favourite song combinations? For example, Judas Priest's The Hellion slash Electric Eye. I think for metal, that's like the ultimate one, isn't it? Because you just can't get one without the other. Um, I found this quite hard, actually, without just picking intro tracks. But for the ones I've picked, they do tend to always go one after the other. So I found got... it very easy. Oh, go on then. You probably... <laughs> Um, tool, Parable and Parabola. Okay, yeah. I wouldn't have thought of that anyway, really, but that is a good one. My favourite. Is that it? Yeah. Oh, right. I thought you were going to do it. Like, <laughs> yeah, that, that, one's that one's the best one. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I had, um, yeah, as I say, mine kind of, what came to mind for me was like intro tracks that always lead into the first song of a, a set. So I, I had two Slipknot ones, which is 7426170000027 into sick uh or even more so for me 515 into people equals shit there is no better way to start a slipknot show than that for me um and then another one i thought of that the first time i saw them did this was on uh the invaders must die tour and it remains one of my all-time favorite live moments ever slash kind of favorite live gimmicks that a band does but when the prodigy do the omen reprise into uh, so the kind of like slowed down, slightly remixy version of Omen that appears halfway through that album. And then they just go straight into Invaders Must Die with the do, 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 do thing. That is fucking just heavy dance music perfection, basically. Um, I love that so much. Uh, so much so that when I listen to Prodigy Mixes, sometimes I even put those songs next to each other just for the fuck of it. Why not? That's mine. Did you have any that came to mind, Jonathan? Yeah, this I found this... I mean... Until like one hit me, just like, well, of course, I found it kind of difficult as well because the things bands I thought did do medleys live, like Jane's Addiction, but I couldn't find any any um, examples of it. Or I, mean, I was sure there are medleys on the second half of Station Station by David Bowie, like where, where one song kind of cuts the other. But I was trying to think of the metal one, and just like, oh yeah, of course. So uh, Nagura Bunjet, uh, uh, the Romanian band, um, who's uh, um, drummer and one of the main founders, uh, Gabriel or, ne or Negri, passed away sadly a couple of years ago, two or three years ago. But um, so that they had an album out in two um, called On, and I think it's the greatest metal album of the first decade of the millennium. Of the I, I, I can't say I hate saying the word noise, but so on the album it's the intro. But th when they played it live, they'd always um, they'd always uh, leave it till the end of the set. And so it's these two songs uh, that start off on uh, called, and I'm probably pronouncing them completely wrong, uh, but Cesori Relay and then Tessarul de Lumini. And so one always leads into the other. And it's the most amazing journey you'll ever go on. And, uh, you know, the, when the first riffs of Cesarul come on, and it's just like, they're just so luminous and you're just waiting for this um, energy to pull you along. And the first time I saw them do it live was again early 2000s at the purple turtle in london and oh, purple the where they were yeah where they, they those two songs blend into each other and still just one of the most amazing life experiences i've ever been and just like it was a black metal gig but people were genuinely almost like in the verge of tears by the end of it just just takes all your breath away these two songs to says they're all it's just um it's got it's got so much atmosphere and so much um energy to it and it really feels like it's been you know, you've been pushed through this portal into some, some vast new realm and it's just yeah the best song combination ever and when you hear when you hear the first notes of one and you know what's coming just the anticipation and then when it hit and then then when it all sort of comes together it's just it's incredible always 
That sounds incredible. One. Yeah, I never got to see them live actually, but that does sound absolutely amazing. Yeah, amazing band. Amazing band. Um, Matt Heeks asks, you are asked to run a Metal Hammer TV station. What programs would you have on it and who would you have in the shows? Journalists, writers, band members, anyone from rock and metal. Goodness me, this is a big one. What, 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 so what would we put together for the first ever Metal Hammer TV station, TV channel, a whole channel for all things Metal Hammer? It's really hard. I was trying to think of like things in categories. So actual TV programs that exist that you could do reruns of. You could do Metocalypse. I can never pronounce it. Metocalypse. Metocalypse. <laughs> um, that would be really cool. You could do Beavis and Butthead, you know, so that's sort of your sort of MTV cartoon type area. I'd have a metal movie slot every Friday night where you'd make a whole evening like building up to a particular metal movie with like special guests talking about the movie and you could like really sit in and like watch the film. And then in terms of people on it, band members, you could have Lars's new band show because he's always quite a good um, warrior for promoting new bands. Lizzie Hale at the moment is obviously doing stuff on YouTube. So you could have Lizzie Hale's chat show, which could be like a more general show with different people. Um, Freddie Lim at the moment is doing um, Metalhead Politics, a podcast that you can read about in the new issue. So he could kind of do like a global metal politics type show. And then from our writers, you could have Dom in, Dom Lawson, doing something like his Iron Sandwich, like reviewing oh, records. Um, Merlin, I thought you could do some kind of wrestling show about metal and wrestling's crossover. Um, sure, I'll do that. <laughs> we've got a new writer, Yasmin Suman, who's really into emo. She could do an emo show. Um, and then Steve Hill, I was thinking, he just rants about stuff really and moans, but then he's good at deep diving into obscure things too. So we'd have to have some kind of, I don't know whether it's a whole show or it's a slot on Lizzie's talk show you could maybe have Lizzie hosting a show and then other people like Dom doing his iron sandwich and Steve ranting about things kind of within that show wow. that's as far as I got it's just a little pun I'd watch that where if there's any uh you know people with some budget that want to <laughs> commission us to create something <laughs> I'd watch that Jonathan what's going on your Metal Hammer TV um I had just I just literally just had one idea just now um so back when I was a kid I used to get like um cartoon versions of actual TV shows like uh, like there, there was a Star Trek cartoon and there was a Batman cartoon where they'd introduce one pointless new character that would ruin everything like or not ruin it but you know I remember the Batman cartoon had Batmite for instance and I'm Bat sure that, yeah. I remember Batmite yeah Batmite? just this he's like this little kind of interdimensional weird being that kind of looks like Batman but small and he just kind of pops up and annoys Everyone, <laughs> reader, yeah. man alike. Is it yeah, might like the... strength might or might like a termite? Like a little character. But um, the Star Trek cartoon, if I remember, had this little green character that would just go around on the deck and just annoy people. But I've got like such a lot, lot of nostalgia for those. So I'd like to have like, yeah, um, a cartoon version of the of the um, of the Osborns, but with some weird talking pet. Yeah, well, didn't didn't they have like a load of dogs in the Osborns so all the dogs could talk? Yeah, but this would be I'd have it like like some other like some would, you have to have something a bit more um uh, exotic than a dog like maybe a talking armadillo or or something like that just 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 some random just just some random it's a cartoon you can do anything it's just some random animal that that talks and just maybe has a bit of you know it's always like bickering with um with Ozzy. I feel like mine's too normal now and I just kind of drew on what was around me and actually I should have used my imagination to think if we had infinite budget, what would we commission? Because you could commission some insane stuff. Yeah, well, it's just when you talked about the cartoons like Metalocalypse, which was insane um, and, uh, and amazing. Just, yeah, just that, that kind of made me think of the, yeah, we should do a cartoon version of the Osborns. I, again, would watch the shit of... Uh watch the shit out of that um i got uh yeah i thought if yeah if i was doing something first of all we'd have the metal hammer podcast tv show obviously um i mean ellen and i did actually uh record a pilot for a metal hammer tv thing a couple of years back um 
which we thought was quite cool and i'd totally like to resurrect that for this or or some kind of variation thereof uh, i also had a variation of dom's iron sandwich on here um people may remember dom used to record uh these kind of fun uh youtube reviews for us a few years back um you know we, we've kind of talked a few times about maybe bringing those back uh they were really good fun um, I'd give Corey Taylor his own chat show because Lord knows he's not shy about talking. Uh, so many a guest to come on there. Um, I would have Danny Filth reading horror stories by a fireplace. Oh my God, Jack and Ori. Yeah, like Jack a Jack and Ori with, um, kind of with, with Danny Filth. Filth yeah. and Ori. Filth and Ori, there you go. <laughs> Named it, it's happening. Danny Laurie. Um, uh, I would have The Who doing a cooking show in honour of our new issue. Uh, just because hopefully they can make more than beef dumplings uh, get him and Kunal from um, uh, you know the, the, the vegan chef because he's so funny as well yeah well because originally I was actually going to have Danny Phil doing the cooking thing but then I thought hold on I've just ripped that off the vegan black metal chef so yeah he can come in and, and help the who out every so often um, I would uh, Jonathan just gave me an idea for an animated thing as well but it would be Noel the Troll and Jürgen in sharing a flat together oh miss Jürgen that would be so good those that remember our old uh, our old comic strip friends and um and uh kind of what is it like agony aunt weirdo <laughs> these to, these to answer stuff in metal hammer back in the day uh and the final thing i had i would introduce the mfl the metal fighting league uh starring matt heafy chris jericho zoltan bathory jamie morgan the theme is obviously people that do martial arts uh main and james keenan carl sanders from now andy williams from every time i die and then I'd have Ellen Sean as well because they're hard and they do stuff. <laughs> I'd I'd also like to have metal bands giving like guys to their hometowns or like the places where they played their first gigs and stuff like that. Like you know, I'd love I'd love like to see a guy to Yamea from either Meshuggah or Cart of Luna, for instance. I would we did also have one in a previous magazine, so there is probably one online, although it's not a video one; it's a words one. Um, but yeah, I like to think we'd have some good documentary programming actually, which we haven't even touched on. There's so much to plan, guys. So much to do. We've got to do this. Uh, Jonathan, do you want to do the next question while I start making some calls to some TV companies? <laughs> yeah. Um, a kid asks you what metal is. So what album from the last 10 years do you show them? And that is from Joe Bambrick. Yeah. Um, I think we had this one before because I said the Black Album by Metallica because I kind of think metal... Last 10 years. Last oh, 10. oh, I didn't see that bit. Read the oh, question. I've not thought of an answer for that. <laughs> All right, well, I've got an answer and I am 100% comfortable with it as well. So I was kind of thinking, you know, it's tempted to say something like Code Orange because that's the kind of real cutting edge of where heavy music's at right now. But that's not really the best example of what metal is in of itself. Um, at the same time, I don't just want to say like, oh, a recent Metallica or a recent Iron Maiden album. So I was trying to think of an example of, for me, what whether you want to call it heavy metal or metal, but how it should sound in its purest form in 2020. And for me, it's absolutely the new Trivium album, what the dead men say. That to me is like, if someone says, what's metal sound like? I would, but if they want to know something from the last 10 years, I would give them that Trivium album all day long. Because to me, that is heavy metal in 2020 fucking perfected as an art form. I think it is absolutely, it sounds like something made in the spirit of what metal is all about, but it sounds like it's from the here and the now. And so that's a really good answer because it's metal as well, like straight up metal. Like you could pick a lot of other different albums, but they'd be going straying off into different subgenres. And if you want to pick something that kind of can unite people and have a sort of central core modern sound, it's a really good example. Thanks. Um, Let's go with that. I've got, I've got, well, depending on how in at the deep end you want to go, I've got two. Uh, well, I just I just want albums that will kind of give you the whole spirit of what metal is and the experience of it. So I'm going to go for like the, the not entirely deep end, but Sword Songs by Grand Magus. <laughs> it's yeah. just the most, it's just fighting metal. Exactly. It's just like, you know, it, it gets across the whole absurdity, the unity, the, um, the uh, you know, the anthemic nature of it and the, just the, uh, yeah, and just, 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 the, just that kind of really elevating spirit of heavy metal. 
So just on a, just if if you go to a, a Grand Megas gig and and you you get the vibe there, I think you'll understand. For my side of thing, you know, as, as much of my side as anyone else's, but just what it feels like to be at a metal gig and just be part of this crowd with your fist raised in the air and just uh, to, and this kind of total celebration by someone who can really genuinely sing and um, and just yeah, it's kind of it's got this absurdity, but it just um, it totally runs with it in a very sort of serious way. It's not like it's not like self ironic in any way, but it totally uh, totally celebrates the absurdity of heavy metal. Uh, so, that, so that's one and my deep end one uh, I keep going on about this band but I'm, I'm going to give you reasons why would be Lord of Darkness by Watain just because <laughs> now I'll, no, I'll tell you why because it it um, it carries so again because it's a single album but it really carries the history of metal in it I mean it's got like uh, it's got twin leads it's got melody it's got uh, D beats um, it's got really great anthemic songs. It's got Satan and it just, and it's got absolute take you to the limit conviction. And so that's, that, that's my theory. Like, see how you deal with that. I mean, again, what's saying a very good. You want to know what metal is? It's some fucking metal. <laughs> yeah. 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 But, um, but again, what's saying is another band, <laughs> but what's saying is another band that appeals to people outside of the, uh, you know, outside of the black metal realm. Uh, and people, you know, I've seen people go there, go see their gigs and just go, oh my God, it's a generally conversion moment. Um, so if, so if you want it in it's like most concentrated form with, uh, that, that would be the album. And it's, uh, there's a lot of male history running in it. Like, you know, like I said, it's, they, they're master twin leads. Um, and there's a lot of there's a lot of things going on on the album uh, that just take on the whole history of heavy metal. There you go. Two very very uh, fine answers there that will at the very least scare the shit out of the kids if they have the first time, which is what it's all about. Yeah, Elvis, exactly. The first, I mean, the things that I got obsessed with they scared the shit out of me the first time I heard them. Very good point. Yeah, first time first time I ever watched a horror movie, I was fucking hooked. It didn't put me off, so it's yeah. absolutely not a uh, not a bad tactic at all. Elle, did you think of one while we were gassing up all these fine bands? No. <laughs> okay. You know how terrible I am at lists. And like, I've just... It's not a list, it's one thing. No, but it's... It's a bit of a list. You have to do a list in your mind of every album that's come out between 2010 and 2020 and then pick what? through that mind list. No, you don't. I literally do. Just, what's an album that really defines metal? And I just thought trivia straight away. <laughs> I can't think of anything. Okay, fine. Uh, maybe Gajira Magma. That would be a good what one. What a shout. But there's like ton, there's tons of other stuff, but just in terms of like a modern metal band that are doing modern things that a ton of other metal bands have copied, um, that sounds really heavy, but is still probably accessible just enough for people who could get the slower bits, even if they didn't get the heavier bits. That maybe could work. That's a brilliant shout. I actually think we've created a perfect kind of roadmap between us all for someone. So you kind of start them on Grand, Mag Grand Magus to get an idea of the kind of purity and the roots and the, the kind of heavy metal in its purest form. You move on to Trivium for something a bit heavier and kind of a bit more modern sounding. Then you move into Gajira for the even heavier aspect and the more expansive experimental. And then you fucking take them home with Watain to be like, here's where it ends up. And if you don't like that, you're not welcome. No, I'm joking. <laughs> don't be a gatekeeper, Merlin. I am not a gatekeeper at all. Gate smasher, that's me. Um, I noticed we, we missed another question by Daniel Plates, which asked if there was any chance to expand the podcast and make it more like a YouTube show with cameras and such. Uh, absolutely, that's something that we do talk about. I mean, we are all on camera right now. Uh, the problem is, is um, the pandemic means that because, uh, well, I won't bore everyone with all the details, but basically, obviously, uh, we're, we're having to kind of restrict things like budgets and stuff like that at the moment. So any chance we would have had of doing that anyway is now a lot further off than it might have been. Um, but we're always talking about uh, ways to do podcasting differently, stream differently, whether we can do stuff with YouTube. These are all um, long and short term things that we talk about all the time at Metal Hammer. So yes, we are absolutely thinking about ways to do things a bit differently. Do you want to do the next one, El? Sure. Scott, just... Uh... I, I've just stopped talking. Scott Satumple. Hi, Scott. 
he asks what's some of the best things to happen to you during this pandemic for me i've read a lot of good books written a lot of short stories and made some new friends i want to read the short school why why can't i talk you okay no (laughs) i got overexcited about metal um Scott, I would really like to read some of your short stories if they're publicly available. Please share them with the Metal Hammer Readers Group if you fancy it and we can all have a look and see what you've been writing about. Anyway, in case you didn't get that because I messed up the question, Scott wants to know the best things about the pandemic, like things that we've been doing that have been good. What you've been doing that's been good, Jonathan? Um, well, I haven't had a lot of downtime during this pandemic because I've been, you know, I guess none of us have had a huge amount of, of downtime because uh, we've all been sort of working hard putting magazines together. I've, you know, I've been getting to do a lot more features, which is great. Uh, I've really been enjoying doing that. Uh, and the only things I've been, which I probably would have done anyway, but it's just um, obviously doing them during the pan- pandemic gives um, gives you a little bit of a, gives it a different bit of a, bit of a different cast. Uh, we were having, because I live in a house full of like five, six people doing lots of barbecues with the house members. Um, and because I live in, lucky enough to live, because I'm lucky enough to have a garden, and also because I'm lucky enough to live in Muswell Hill. Been doing loads of walks with a, with a local friend and just discovering all these amazing parks and walkways around Muswell Hill, like uh, old railway tracks that lead to uh, Finsbury Park, uh, where there's a, weirdly an arch and a big demon, like on the, the little top goblin of the lad that sticks out of the corner. Yeah, I used to yeah. run. What? He's brilliant. I want to see him. Has anyone got a photo? Oh, you, must, you must have seen him. So many people post him and stuff. He, yeah, like it's an abandoned railroad and there's this random, there's these like little arches along the side of it and some of them have little statues in and one random one, there's this little like goblin guy that's just like peeking out. I'm desperate to go to that abandoned railway. I've seen it really on cool. all those, like loads of different websites about what to do in London. I've always wanted to go and see it, but it's a bit too far north for me to go at the moment. But after the pandemic, I want to go there. And I think at the very far end of it, there's a back sanctuary or something, isn't there? What? Super goth. <laughs> I think there is, you know. I don't think I've made that up. But anyway, yeah, what? that's cool. Yeah, what? I've, I've been... Why have uh, I not been? Well, you need to rectify that. Um, I, uh, yeah, I've been doing a lot of walks and stuff. I, I live in Hemel Hempstead, which is kind of known as the most wonderfully picturesque town in uh, England. But the bit I walk in, I found a lot of really nice greener areas that I didn't even know existed. Um, and I probably would have never found if I hadn't gone exploring during lockdown, not just going straight out and exploring while we're supposed to be on lockdown, but while we were kind of allowed to take our hourly exercise out and stuff, that's what I'd spend it doing. Um, I also really got into basketball off the back of the last dance documentary. I'm now a fully jerseyed up Brooklyn Nets fans. Uh, if there are any other basketball supporting people in the, on the Facebook group, make yourselves known because the season's about to restart and I'm very excited about it. Um, and I did a lot of really cool gaming, like the healthy kind of gaming where you like log on with real life friends with headsets and just kind of go and have a really good laugh doing whatever, uh, mainly Rocket League and Red Dead Redemption in my case. Um, read some books. I current, I've finally started reading It by Stephen King, which I've been reading to read for fucking ever, but I finally got stuck into it recently. Um, and I've uh, getting a tiny bit more into craft beer i'm not quite a proper craft beer wanker yet but i've been ordering in more beers from like independent breweries and stuff like that to test stuff around and i've started to get a bit more appreciation of it so yeah there's definitely some silver linings in this hell we've been having bonfires (laughs) in our garden we've got this big metal dustbin so i've been setting up lots of fires and yeah uh playing high long or during what he got a big fire going is great Oh, actually, on a music note as well, I should say I've spent more time playing my vinyl than I have ever, um, just because I've got, you know, I'm working at my desk all the time, so I can actually just get up and change the sides and all that kind of stuff, so that's been really nice. What's been your lockdown highlights, Elle? Tai Chi and cake. So I've been doing loads of Tai Chi. I do two classes a week, or three classes a week technically anyway, but they've been doing these live streaming sessions where you can do qigong in the morning and they concentrate on different things on each lesson so this week we're concentrating on the eagle and the snake so it's doing movements that uh, mimic the movements of an eagle or of a snake so this morning when i was doing my snake movements i couldn't help but think of the isan song of the eagle and the snake um, and that so is why <laughs> uh, that is why i would be a fierce contender in the metal fighting league but yeah loads of the movements have got really metal names as well like 
I'm sure I talked about this before, but some of the saber movements are called things like turn and slash, which is like slashing a person's body, entwine to hack, which is like hacking a person's Sounds body. Like three inches of blood song titles. <laughs> yeah, or cannibal corpse songs. Yeah. yeah and then like there's, a, there's other ones like um, in the fan form that I do, which is another kind of uh, martial arts form. There's black dragon shakes its tail. So uh, turn the body and strike the tiger. So there's loads of kind of like cool metal animal names. So yeah, I've been doing a lot more Tai Chi and getting really into that, which is fun. And then I'm really obsessed with cake anyway, and chocolate cake especially. And there's this amazing chocolate cake that my friend's French girlfriend turned me on to. And if you Google French molten chocolate cake... Oh, you love that stuff, don't you? You're always passionate about it. It's so good. It's so good. The website is lolita.com. I have no skin in this game. I'm not advertising them. I'm just obsessed with this recipe. You, all you need is a couple of eggs, uh, some dark chocolate, some flour, some sugar, and you just shove it all together in a bowl, put it in the oven for 15 minutes. And it has this like molten lava dark chocolate center. And it's amazing. And then when it cools down, it's like a really thick sort of a brownie cake but then you can reactivate it in the microwave to like make it have a molten lava core again it's literally the best cake in the world that sounds lush absolutely lush uh so yeah definitely trying to make the most of what has been a pretty fucking mad year so far uh let's do one more question jamie phillips says acdc's back in black album turns 40 years old this weekend absolutely amazing what are your thoughts on one of the greatest hard rock albums of all time that's a leading question uh, and what are your favourite tracks on it? Good journalism skills, Merlin. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, what, can, what else is there to really say about what is unquestionably one of the greatest hard rock albums of all time and probably the greatest comeback album in the history of music? Is that fair to say? They're yeah, yeah. I mean, so, I on, went... on, on any metric. I remember going to, oh no, I've just started a story without knowing where it's going. I can't remember. There's a club in North London. There's like a dance. Oh, Fabric. That's the one. I remember going to Fabric um, literally like 15 years ago or something. And it wasn't my thing at all, but I just went with some friends and it was all like dance music and stuff. And then they just had this little side room. I don't know what it was there for. And there were just some people who were obviously on lots of drugs just kind of lying around. And they were just playing Back in Black. And I was like, I found my room. Because, <laughs> because it was like, they're playing some rock. Like, I don't have to go and listen to all the dance. Um, and it was so random. And yeah, it's kind of one of those things where you can go to loads of places and you can hear songs from this record just sort of incongruously, like you wouldn't, you wouldn't almost think they'd be played there, but it's sort of seeped into like the con- everybody's consciousness because it's such a massive record. Yeah. I, I think one of the reasons why it still sounds as good today as it probably did 40 years ago today is that even though it's like a kind of basically a blues rock album, there's no nostalgia in the album itself. It's because it's, everything is so kind of uh, whittled down to the essence. Um, and there's that, there's that line in Rock and Roll Ain't, um, noise pollution where it goes we're just talking about the future forget about the past mm. and so it's because it, it's such an in the moment album um it, and it never had nostalgic for the old blues days either so it it just feels really exciting now and yeah it's just and it, it's always feels like in the moment because um you know it's got people forget the power of repetition which acds and you you, you listen to Back in Black, and you, you kind of forget how, repet- how repetitive the riffs are, but that's what's really effective. But it's also, it's great that you forget that, that they're using repetition on the riffs, because you know, it's almost like this, this, there's almost like this kind of mantric thing to them that other bands have kind of picked up on. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, it's like with, um, it's like with, with um, Maiden, it's like what they do isn't rocket science, or, or, like, or with, um, uh, Thin Lizzy, it's not rocket science, but no one else can do it. Like literally no one else can do it. Like every band you've heard that tried to be like Maiden or try to be like ACDC or try to be like Thin Lizzy, they don't have that, that thing that, that is the magic. And um, yeah, and it's yeah. just, it's, it's such a great record. Yeah, it's just fucking flawless really. And just the kind of story of how it came together. And calling the album Back in Black as well. It's just like everything about it is just so spot on and so perfect. So um, good. Do you guys have a favourite song on the album? Mine kind Tyler. of changed a bit. Sorry, Tyler. go on. 
just the title track. I know it's obvious, but just the title track, I think. And then maybe Hell's Bells. Then... I like giving the dog a bone, actually. Yeah, that's good. It's just it's just because it's really got the rep- repetition. I love the way rock and roll and noise pollution kind of builds up and like it's dragging itself forward. Um, yeah, that's cool. Even just the way he says that phrase as well is just really cool. Mm. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think some of the lyrics on Let Me Put My Love Into You haven't really stood the test of time. No, I mean, yeah, 40 years ago, a little while back. Um, I think my favourite track is Shoot to Thrill because I just love that kind of, like when AC, DC do kind of step it up that little, almost like fourth and a half gear. Um, like I just love the slight urgency they have around those songs that they, you know, that's why I love tracks like Thunderstruck and I love the end of For Those About to Rock and all those kind of moments. But Shoot to Thrill just has this slight more electricity and earnestness and, and, uh, and kind of excitement around it. Um, and I kind of felt like that was probably my favorite track on the album anyway, but then it was kind of consolidated forever when Iron Man lands with it playing through his speakers in Avengers because it was just one of the coolest things I've ever seen in a cinema. Um, I was listening to uh, another podcast where um, they were all taking the piss out of that moment because they're like, oh, Tony Stark's so lame. He, like, he lands thinking that like, ACDC is cool to like, impress everyone. I was like, fuck you, ACDC is cool. They are always cool. Um, yeah that is that that, yeah you i don't even yeah i was gonna say something but i just don't have anything to add just apart from it is always cool like there are bands that just date and aren't cool but acdc are always cool acdc are always fucking cool and um you know we see the endless rumors that brian's coming back to the band and all this and if they can get it together and do that one final world tour together i would love to see it because the one time i've seen acdc were i think on the day um, me and my girlfriend at the time got something like we got like 60 quid tickets for nosebleeds in like Wembley Stadium we were so far we were so far away that we walked along the back of the stadium and I looked down and I actually got a bit of vertigo and I was actually a bit like oh I don't know if I'm gonna be able to stand up at this gig this is mental um but I, by the t- as soon as they came on I forgot about it and it was still one of the most fun gigs I've ever been to I would love to see ACDC one last time just Rock yeah. and roll in its purest, most jubilant, celebratory, and electric form, I think. Yeah, the power of the boogie. Yes, exactly this, exactly this. What a great album. I think I'm going to have to go and listen to that today now. Uh, that is it for this week's show. We're going to do a new Metal Hammer Podcast Hall of Fame very soon. Uh, who's going to join the likes of Hollywood by Matt? No, not Hollywood. I always say that because I wanted it to be. Antichrist Superstar by Marilyn Manson and the debut Slipknot album and Alive or Just Breathing by Killswitch Engage and many more classics. Who's going to join all of those in the Metal Hammer Podcast Hall of Fame? Uh, keep an eye on the Reader's Facebook group for more news on that so you can see which bands we're going to pick and vote on the albums we debate. Uh, but in the meantime, we'll be back next week. Don't forget to go and pick up the new issue if you can. We're very pleased with it and we're sure you will love it very much. Uh, we will see you all then. Stay safe and stay metal, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye.